for another episode of We Should Have Recorded That with Phil and... Oh, Adam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, Ugh, you, Phil, you I seriously? failed you. Yeah. I'll never get this right. It's now, okay. in my defense, this time, I just got home from right. work. Uh-huh. Uh, and as I told you, Phil, it was a recording session day, so I went kind of late. Just got mm-hmm. home from work. Didn't have time to eat anything. And so, thankfully, I have these little graham cracker bears that I'm dipping in peanut butter. You know, like an adult. Like the adult that I am. I'm right, eating a course. nutritious, well-balanced yes. dinner here while we're, while we're talking. So, Phil, how about you talk a little <laughs> bit more because you are... You know, you have words, and I will eat a few more Kodiak bears. What are they called? No problem. Bear bites. Kodiak cakes. Bear bites. No product placement. We didn't get. We didn't get any advertising money from them. Maybe we should though. Maybe maybe later you can lift up the box and we can try to. Get oh, some I'll just there. lift it up now for all of our YouTube <laughs> subscribers. Yum! Wow, looks good. Nice. That looks good. All right. So yes. So as we we're talking about our subscribers, I want to encourage you if you are enjoying this conversation to please share. Um, and uh, if you mm-hmm. are subscribing, hopefully you're subscribing on your your whatever your podcast app of choice or Facebook and YouTube and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wasurpwapa um, and also at YouTube at we should have recorded that with Phil and Adam. Um, uh, we do have one comment this week, right? We received an email. <laughs> should we talk Actually, about that? I have another one. But you, you have another one? Uh, let me tell you mine first because the email that we received is i think especially fun so what we'll conclude with that but phil do you remember your friend and mine chandler smith i do remember chandler Smith. he came to mind at some point this week and as is my custom if someone comes to my mind i don't i do not have the intelligence to think of people myself so i always say that as a sign from the lord that uh-huh. I need to say a prayer for that person. Mm-hmm. And um, so I say, I said a prayer for Chandler and then I texted him and just let him know that I was thinking about him. And he wrote back and told me what he was doing. And, and you know, he, I'm just really proud of him. He's, he's doing great work, doing great stuff in Mississippi, teaching at his own high school, the high school that he attended. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is listening to our podcast. Wow. Well, that is great. That is cool. Yeah, so thanks, Chandler, Chandler, whenever you hear this one, thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah, really glad to hear he's doing well. And then I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, and then, well, I was just going to ask you, you have to tell our audience about the incredible email we received (laughs) this week from our number one fan. Yeah, from our number one fan. So if you are a podcast listener, you can also be kind of, you know, you could be a number fan. Ooh, I don't know. Michelle does not want competition. (laughs) Well, but you know who our number one fan is, uh, Michelle Savaggio, and she sent us an email. So I don't know. I guess last week it must have been. Like, I was trying to think back. It must have been last week you mentioned 
um, that we recorded a bonus episode. Yeah, well, the we bonus episode, the unreleased bonus, yes. uh, bonus episode. That's still unreleased. Mm-hmm. So she sent us an email saying she would pay us five dollars a month to 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 <laughs> hear that <laughs> to hear that bonus episode. And so I think you sent a response, kind of laughing about it, and uh, saying you could you could at least share your part. Um, and so then, oh, and she, oh, you were saying that would be two, that would be two dollars and fifty cents mm-hmm. split between both of us. Two dollars and fifty cents a piece, rolling. Right. I mean, I and I was thinking about. it. I'm like, maybe that could buy a regular coffee at Starbucks or at some other, co- you know, at some kind of mm, local coffee. I'm not place. sure at Starbucks. Maybe at Dunkin' Donuts. Maybe at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> you know, so. But I was, I mean, and I said to her, I was like, uh, yeah, that's bet, you know, that's a pay raise compared to what I'm getting paid now. <laughs> so, she suggested that we, you know, have it behind our Patreon paywall. Yeah. But, you know, that sounds like a lot of work. It 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 does. I, I mean, I guess whenever, if, if we ever, like, really commit to... Um, whatever it is we're doing, because we're just having conversations, and at like right. halftime, we don't even know what we want to talk mm-hmm. about. <laughs> but I think, you know, I'm just like, we could have a Patreon, Phil, but our Patreon would be like, pay five dollars a month for absolutely no special treatment. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. I mean, oh, we could even do you one better. We could do pay us, pay us a dollar a month. For no special mm. treatment. I mean, at least that's easier to swallow, right? Right. Like, right. Okay, these guys are just mooching <laughs> off me for money. I don't even get them. You know, bonus episodes or sticker. I don't know. What do you... Uh, right. I, I used to support one podcaster on really? Patreon. Yeah, it was, a, it was a Christian podcast that I really, really enjoyed. Uh-huh. Um, but then, then I stopped supporting it for a reason and a reason that we needn't go into okay Um, but but yeah i mean like that podcaster had all kinds of extra like q a on the patreon and would Mm -hmm. like q a with the patreon supporters and bonus episodes and writing a a blog post only for the patreon i'm like whoo we know but like you and I both have jobs, so we do. we do, and we and we have lives even outside of that those jobs. So you know, so. well, speak for yourself. Phil. I'm just like here. My only activities are sleeping, eating, working, and podcasting. Oh, really? I mean, you also you walk big. You know that's. That was something you did before you get into the I podcast. do, yes. That's why we started recording this 15 minutes late. Sorry. No, no, no. Not a problem. But I... So, you know, if uh, if you if you like that idea, um, you know, you could maybe add to the chorus of that. And if we get enough choristers asking us to do that, maybe we would think about considering doing it. So Yeah. I would think about considering <laughs> yes. doing it, yes. for sure. Um, but how many is enough, Phil? I don't know. I think know. we need a we need a like a, you know one of those thermometers that we fill up until we reach the goal. 
Uh-huh. So we need people to know. Like, are we talking a hundred people? Yeah, I mean, what what would you like? We we talk about this all the time. Like, what is your ideal number for a chorale, for a choir? Like, if you oh, had the well, perfect that, choir. Oh, uh, that's too. Uh, that's uh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was not the that was not the subject for today's episode because we could talk all day about the various types of music and how large a choir I want for each of them. For each piece. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, my, I, I do like, I've, ever since I've been in higher education, my, mm-hmm. my big, my, my, you know, premier group has been a choir of 40. And I do, I've learned to love the sound of a 40 voice choir. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, I actually had never heard. I had never had a forty voice choir before I became a professor. Oh, okay. I'd had chamber choirs and I'd had larger choirs, mm-hmm. um, but never that like four. And forty is a pretty typical number for a choir, okay. you know, a college choir. So, mm-hmm. and I, but I do. I like that. I like the sound of a forty voice choir a lot. Mm. But I mean, if we just had students coming out our ears at Roberts Wesleyan College and there were no budget constraints there were you know I could order all the copies of music I wanted to I could uh, you know get as many buses for tour as I needed to then Uh like okay 90 voice choir let's go so you know what I guess what we could do is like maybe round this up to a hundred so if we get that seems like a lot do we even have a hundred people who listen to us I mean, maybe we don't. Like, maybe we never get that. (laughs) (laughs) We're setting the bar really high. I was going to say, like, five. Five. (laughs) (laughs) I would be shocked if we got five people willing to pledge $5 a month. We'll see. I mean, I'm thinking more about the one dollar. I'm like serious. Like, if you would just get like, if a hundred people gave us one dollar, you know, like. Do they have a one dollar donation level on Patreon? I I yeah. I, feel I like think they do. That's like their processing fee. <laughs> that may be. I mean, you may pay the dollar plus processing, whatever, whatever that is. Mm. Hopefully, okay. hopefully it's like you know, five or ten cent, but. Um, so what do we want? Well, so let's go. Let's stay with the forty. What about if we get fifty? The like, are, are, here's what are, I'm thinking. What you thinking? Go ahead. If we get fifty dollars a month, pledged, if we get fifty dollar. Okay, that's twenty five bucks for you. Twenty five bucks for me. That's one meal out. Yeah, I can't take anyone else with <laughs> me, but I can eat out once a month. Not on your podcast budget. No. Yes, <laughs> you you have a wife to take out, so you'll only be able to go out to eat once every two months. Right, I'll have to save that money. <laughs> so, okay, so if we get a $50, $50 pledge, we will consider thinking about starting a account. <laughs> All right, so people should email us with the dollar amount they would pledge. Yes, you can. Okay, so email. Michelle's gonna pledge five. Yeah, and that we'll have a forty-five dollar deficit for the rest of time. Well, you know, we'll just see how it goes. And you can also, just a reminder, as as music as singing musicians, we really do 
like hearing your voices. And so you mm-hmm. can also share a voice message that it is always in the um, the show notes of every episode that goes out. So please share a voice note if you if you would like. We would love to hear your voices, whether whether you are a um, a friend from uh, both of our passes or uh, or someone who we have yet to meet, which mm-hmm. would be great. Um, so please do please share please, and we're we're looking forward to that. Number one fan. Yeah. We have yet to hear your voice. We we got to get her on here. We're really hope. disappointed. Yeah, your I, teacher here, you're, te- you're the teacher's pet, and <laughs> the teachers are disappointed in you. We are, because you have not come on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm right. Gonna, I'm just going to make it plain. This is a made plain. Philip, we need to get on topic. We're 13 minutes into this thing. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's get to business. What's today's topic? Well, I think um, today's topic is calling and vocation, right? And we're specifically thinking about it as it relates to musicians. My microphone fail, sorry. Yes. So, Phil, how did you... uh, I guess I should ask this question first. Do you consider being a music teacher God's calling for you? I think, yeah, I I think it's definitely one of them, but so, yeah, I do. And when did you realize that? I don't know. It's been, I think as we kind of all, we've both talked about our bios, it's probably over time, but I, I, I feel like as I'm doing it, like, I'm just like, that's the confirmation Mm. Mm -hmm. that this is for this season if not for longer, that this is where God wants me. Yes. And how do you think that being a believer and viewing your job, not as a job, not as a career, but also as a calling from God, how does that change how you do your job compared to the way a non-believer would do the same job? Mm. Ah, that's a tricky question. I think, um, well, one, I, I, w- with just how I see, how I view my salvation, I know that, um, I know that my value and my worth is not, comp- is not found in how I do or don't do my job well. So that's the first thing. And I want yes. to take that weight off of off of my shoulders and off of everybody's shoulders. And so then uh, knowing that, that who I am in Christ is not um, predicated on how I do, um, I'm able to just love my students. And so I'm just, I'm able, I'm, I'm free to, to, to try to be a good teacher, you know? And mm. so to ask tough questions, man, was that a really good lesson? Or could I have done better at that <clears throat> if my students... Um, you know, listening to my students, I, learning from them, you know, I, I think uh, it bring it allows me to to approach my job with a greater sense of humility, and um, so yeah. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love mm. that. I um. Have you thought much about the concept of vocation 
specifically about work. I mean, I think God calls us to many things, right? You know, God mm-hmm. calls us to service. God calls us to relationships. You know, God called you to your marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you and Wendy have children, he will have called you to fatherhood. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. it applies to all. But if we're narrowing down the definition of calling as um, God's vocation of God's calling you, to a specific line of work, um, how you know? How do you think about? That's a really ill-formed question. Do you have any idea what I'm asking you? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, I, I, I. You know, want the thing, and I was thinking about this before we even mentioned talking about it, but again, you know. I feel like like in in our modern church, like we don't say to people that, you know, being a pastor or being a missionary is better. But (laughs) it it is kind of a unwritten rule. And and I do and I do. I appreciate missionaries. I I, I enjoy Caitlin and Caitlin is doing a lot of great things just to, Mm -hmm. you know, we had her on. But every every vocation in whatever you do i mean and we may even like we like even as teachers we are probably esteemed more than other vocations but Mm. even the garbage man is a vocation that god gives to whoever is doing it so yes yeah i don't don't know if does that answer your question (laughs) yeah no that's perfect that's that's excellent i think you're right i think um you know, if a if a young Christian goes away to college and as let's say a missions major, mm-hmm. and then in college decides to switch to being a business major, I think we you know we would be really guilty. A lot of Christians would be really guilty of looking on that decision with suspicion. Yeah, and you know, like what you were. You did think that you wanted to go to Africa and minister to people who who've never heard the name of Jesus before, and now mm-hmm. you're getting a degree in how to make money. <laughs> <laughs> I, and you know, I'm I can be guilty of that. Like, mm-hmm. I I think I economic populism actually has some emotional resonance for me. Mm-hmm. As someone who grew up really quite poor, um, and now that I am in, you know, a little bit more firmly in the middle class, like, I'm only firmly in the middle class because I was willing to take on a mountain of student debt to get mm-hmm. here, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to qualify me for the career that I have. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I will be in debt i you know i have a car payment i have a mortgage payment i have a student loan payment and i will for decades to come um and so like and because of my limited means you know i don't have money to invest in the stock market i don't and so you know some like the christian stockbroker or the christian investment banker i 
admit my bias, my sinful bias mm -hmm. against mm -hmm. that very um, that very concept. Mm -hmm. That's that's wrong. Like you can do stock trading Christianly. You can do investment banking Christianly, just like you can conduct choir <laughs> only sing sacred music from a christian right. college christianly right. it's just like my job is easy right like my job is so explicit there are such like knock you on the head obvious ways to do my job christianly mm -hmm. so i should actually esteem the investment banker who is a Christian and figure out ways to do their job Christianly rather than be suspicious of them. Well, I mean, <clears throat> but, you know, and what the what does it even mean to be, you know, the, to use the term you're using Christianly, you know, and I think one of the first things... That's just... a word. That's a term. That's a, that's a conversation <laughs> for another day, Phil. That's because, yes, but we can talk about worldview in right, another well, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, but I just think really quick, I think just to do it well, like if just we want to just keep it simple, just do your job well, you know, be moral. Yes, well, what does the Apostle Paul says? He says, mm -hmm. whether you eat or you drink or whatever mm -hmm. you do, mm -hmm. do it to the glory of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so, yeah, I so, think. And yes, yeah. I think also our God is a God of excellence. He mm -hmm. values excellence and esteems excellence and desires for all of his children to pursue excellence in their every endeavor and yeah i as i've said before i think on this podcast like if it's not worth doing a hundred percent like find something else to do <laughs> yeah, yeah okay i think we're getting a little bit off on a rabbit trail though okay i do have i do have when i proposed this as our topic for today i did have a couple of anecdotes that i wanted to tell about okay. this. So I um, I went to Houghton College and mm -hmm. maybe it's still this way or maybe it was just a phenomenon of the early 2000s when I was there. Um, the, the just, oh my word, the word calling was like in the air. You couldn't walk 12 feet without hearing the word calling from someone. Uh, uh -huh. Not a bad thing. I mm. I loved those conversations. You know, we... Houghton was a place that really... Where students, faculty, everyone, the whole community, just did engage very intentionally in the big questions of life. And so, call... We were... We as students were always considering our calling what is our calling am i do i you know am i on the right path to finding god's calling and that was the, mm -hmm. always this sense of i have to find it i have mm -hmm. to seek it right. and then and that that aligns right with with the like the wesleyan theological tradition that hojan is a part of mm -hmm. you know like it is the human's responsibility to do the work <laughs> and um and then i remember one day for chapel gloria gaither was the speaker phil do you know who gloria gaither is is she the mother or the was she part of the gaither singers or yes she was the wife of bill oh, right 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 yeah and she I wrote know. a lot of like 
his the songs that he wrote, she was the lyricist for. Oh, like, okay. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Yeah, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, those like southern gospel songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do so you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. And, um, you know. And that was the music of my church background growing up. You know, like, they they loved that stuff. The hymnal had Gaither songs on every other page. (laughs) And um, so I remember she was coming to speak in chapel. And I was was horrified that none of my friends knew who she was. Oh, man. (laughs) You know, because they were like, didn't go to independent baptist churches Mm, (laughs) so anyway um so gloria gaither was coming and i you know made a point to tell all my friends i needed to go see and you know figure out who gloria gaither was and uh i remember one of one of my voice teachers sang because he lives from the organ loft in the most un-southern gospel way possible she was (laughs) A Wagnerian soprano uh-huh. singing because he lives from the organ loft with the organ in just as if it were a Wagner aria. Okay. It was phenomenal. <laughs> I will never forget it. And um, and then Gloria Gaither gets up and speaks. And I don't really remember what the point of her talk was because she said something toward the beginning of her talk that hit me and... Mm-hmm. I just spent the rest of the time considering it, and I still remember this to this day. And she said, "If you want to know, what did you say? How did you say? Do you want to know what your calling is?" I'm like, "Yes." Everyone keeps telling me I need to find it. Everyone mm-hmm. keeps telling me to pursue it and seek it, and you know, mm-hmm. tell them how do I know what my calling is? Right, right. And she says. Do you want to know how to find God's will? Yes! How do I find it? <laughs> she says, Whatever you're doing right now, that's God's will for you. <laughs> Simple. And mic drop, lead the state. I'm yes. done. <laughs> and I'm like, What? <laughs> What is she talking about? There's more to it than that. I need to find it. I need to, right. I need to, you know, perseverate on it. I need to yeah. sweat, tear, you know, <laughs> beads right. of blood until I've found it. I need to toil and labor. Right, right, yeah. But she told me that my calling for that moment was whatever I was doing. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. doesn't allow his children to do something outside his will. That doesn't mean, you know, of course you can take this, you can take this in the wrong direction so easily, right? right. Like, God does not will for us to sin, and we all sin, you know, and God does not will for us to go astray from paths of righteousness, and we all do from time to time, right? But even when we sin, even when we stray, even that God has a purpose for. Mm-hmm. It was a very Calvinist thing that she said. <laughs> and um, so anyway, I that's one of my anecdotes about, um, about calling. Let me tell another anecdote. 
about mm-hmm. calling. Unless you, I don't want to, I don't want to monopolize our conversation, Phil. So no, go ahead. Wanna, I, I mean, I think yeah. like that was like what you just said was like was like I, I amen, a hundred percent. Like amen, yeah. We, okay, well then yeah. I'll I'll keep talking, but you you need to interrupt me and cut me off okay. when I've talked too much. Okay, I'll interject easily. Okay. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. All right, second. Um, in an environment like that, um, you can, uh, it, it's easy to abuse the concept of calling. Mm. And so once a student or anyone, I guess, had gone through that process, that nebulous ill-defined no there are no steps there are no anything just mm-hmm. you know pray and seek and whatever instead of just accepting pray seek strive find your calling discover god's will mm-hmm. um, in that kind of environment once a person had convinced him or herself that they knew what their calling was, it became a weapon. It became a way to shut down conversation. Mm. And um, I remember a friend um, who was making a who was making a career move that to me seemed to be like. Um, seem to be like skipping some steps. You know, you don't just become the president of the United States with no prior political experience. Oh, wait. <laughs> Maybe. What? Okay. So, seemed to me that you, you know, it, he was skipping some steps in his career mm-hmm. and just wanted to, to go off. And, 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 and I just asked an innocent question like, oh, why don't you want to do this? Well, you know, oh, why don't you want to run for, like, your local school board maybe first before you run for president of the United States? Right. And, um, and, it, and it, like, my friend, I, I, I love this guy. This is not against, nothing against him, but I do remember this conversation. He sort of bristled at my question. Mm. What do you mean? Why would I do that? I'm called to X. Mm. I'm, what, why would I run for school board? I'm called to be president of the United States. And it's like, how do you argue against that, Phil? That's like, God told me to be president (laughs) of the United States. Like, okay, okay, he didn't tell the rest of us, but... Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish he had, I wish he had filled right. me in. All right. So, okay. So, um, that's, that I, that I just, that I've seen calling weaponized in that way. Mm. And, um, I think that, you know, there is this, there is this sense that we are calling must align to our abilities right Mm, yeah 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 okay so let me let me share a third not really an anecdote but just a third piece of 
formulaism that was communicated to us as uh, in my undergrad in the midst of this milieu that was obsessed with calling. Mm-hmm. I, um, I I think I want to just to um, interject, please interject right here. I one of the stories that really helped me, especially when I was kind of like um, in a low place after not being very successful my first time in college. Um, thinking about the story of Joseph, and you know he mm. he says to his he says to his his um, his brothers. Um, I think um, you know there are twelve. Um, sheaves or something, I think is the term, and uh, of wheat, and all of the 11 of the sheaves are bowing down to the one in the middle, and he's the one in the middle. He says, you know, to his mm-hmm. mom and his dad, the stars, the sun and the moon is, you know, giving sacrifice to the stars or something. I forget. how. I mean, just imagine this imagery, but he's saying to his family, like, I am, like, I'm going to be your Lord one day. And, mm, yeah, and, right. and, you know, some people, some commentators say he was a little arrogant in that. I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But the next day he did not just I would want my go. little sister telling me that. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, if my little, if my little brother was telling me something like that, I, I, I would probably make sure he knew that I was bigger than him. <laughs> At least until he got ah, bigger than me. That's right. <laughs> but... <laughs> But but Joseph, he goes through this long process of getting from, you know, the 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 whatever if we want to say calling to to the call mm-hmm. from that place where God has given him maybe this dream um, to where he eventually becomes, you know, second in command in Egypt. Yeah. And is able to help his family. And I think along the way, he is humble. He does see the hand of God on his mm-hmm. life. And so, like you said, I right. think there is a process. And, and I, I don't know, maybe God is still speaking to people like and giving dreams like he gave to Joseph. But uh, it's not going to probably, it's probably not going to happen the next day. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not gonna, you know, just wake up and be second in command of a country, right? But so anyway, go ahead. Might you might there might be some intervening steps and some heartache and some yes hardships. A lot, yeah. a lot, yeah. and just being able to trust God through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so what I was saying is, you know, one of the the formula. The definition of calling that I found most helpful in the midst, and I still find this really helpful, even though I, you know, am more in the Gloria Gaither camp of calling now than I am in the, like, you, if you're not needing anxiety medication because you haven't found your calling, then you're doing it wrong, camp. Um, and that is, and that is um, this formula, and the definition of calling as your calling, your vocation from God is where your passion, your abilities, and the world's needs align. Where your passion, your ability, and the world's needs meet. Mm-hmm. And so like a three-legged stool, once 
You find where those three legs meet, you have found your calling. And I still do find that an immensely useful illustration of what calling is. How to, how to confirm that, yes, indeed, I am in the center of God's will for my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, just, we, we did promise to tailor this specifically toward musicians. And so I'm just going to talk as a music educator now, since we both are, um, where your passion, if you love music deeply, and you can't just, you just, it excites you, it brings you alive in unique and powerful ways, okay, then you can check that first box. Maybe mm-hmm. your calling is to be a music teacher. Okay. Box two, your abilities. This is um, this is the place where I, now as a college professor, this is where my heart breaks the most. When I see someone who's able to check box one, passion, and unable to check box two, ability. That's when my heart breaks. On the other hand, when I have a student who checks box checks box one, passion, and then also has all the elements that make for a great music teacher, you know, excellent musicianship, wonderful communication skills, leadership skills, charisma, commitment to lifelong learning, perseverance, uh, uh, people skills, you know, and all of the, like, all of the things that come underneath that. You know, we could spend the podcast unpacking what musicianship is. We could spend a whole podcast unpackaging what, you know, what charisma as a music teacher looks like. You know, so all of those things, when they're, when you're able to check those two boxes, okay, yay. That's, that's exciting for me as a, as a teacher of future teachers. Um, so if you've, Checked box one, passion, and you check box two, abilities, then you check to see whether the third box can be checked. Does the world need music teachers? And the answer is... Yes. Like, obviously, right? <laughs> Now, yes, it does. you know, like your hometown might not need music teachers. Right. You, you might not be called, dear person, mm-hmm. to go back to your parents' basement and teach music there. Right. You might have to move out of state. You might have to pursue your your vocation in a different country. Like, mm. and, and so that's, I think, again... Checking that third box can help us figure out where God is directing us. Like, is your passion for music greater than your desire 
for that hoagie that they serve <laughs> at your favorite hometown diner. Like, right. you've got to make a choice sometimes. Yeah. I, I cannot return to my hometown and fulfill my vocation mm. because there ain't no university there. <laughs> There ain't no university within an hour and a half drive of there. You gotta go start it. You gotta go start no! it. No! No. Father <laughs> University will not be a thing. Sorry. I have a question. I have, I can interject here. I have a question. So we, you talked about the second thing being ability. And it breaks your heart when you have a student who has the passion but maybe doesn't have the ability. Have you dealt with that? Or maybe even theoretically, how would you deal with that? Um. Um, yes. But I'm... It, we it's, would I mean, derail our conversation if I were <laughs> to go into all the messiness that is involved in that. I, so, I'll, may I may I politely defer? You may. I, I think one of the things I'm thinking about um, when we think about calling, and I can remember in our, um, in our senior sim class, and I really had to shout out um, Professor Jay Newman. He was a very good teacher. And, uh, and, uh, but one of the things we talked about in that class is, is the idea of calling and what does that look like and um, I think like there is a difference between um, I or maybe like what is how it's 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 not this really clear cut thing. Okay, you check all of these boxes, and now you have the ability. But it's mm. really this kind of messiness of like discovering yes. through maybe childhood and and maybe even into adulthood right. do can i do what it is i'm desiring to do you know it's kind of it's a messy process and i, I think for me as an as a especially in elementary school i'm just i'm trying to encourage my students to try this you know just to try yes this. yes <laughs> just to try every just try everything you know maybe you won't like it but try it yes. so yeah i think hmm. Yeah. And I guess, you know, the last thing that I want to be sure to say, Phil, mm -hmm. um, is related to my earlier story about my friend who I thought was skipping some steps okay, uh, in his career. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then we're talking about music teachers now. You know, there are people who may be called to be avocational musicians. That means they make music as part of their life, but it is not their career. They don't make mm -hmm. money from it. So let's say that those are the, the people who have the passion and ability, and there is a need for avocational. There's a desperate need for avocational uh, musicians. I need singers in my church choir. I need right. volunteer singers in my church mm -hmm. choir. Mm -hmm. I love the nursing majors in my corral at the college. Yes. Love them. Mm -hmm. They're keeping us all healthy. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, Especially on tours. Yeah. So we're talking now about, you know, the their 
their ability is going to carry them through, you know, high school or extracurricular participation, right? Mm -hmm. And the same is true at every level. There are musicians who who do have it in them to get a bachelor's degree in music. And that's awesome. Not every one who played in high school band should get a bachelor's degree in music. Mm. Not everyone who gets a bachelor's degree in music should get a master's degree in music. Mm. And not everyone who gets a master's <laughs> degree in music should get a doctorate in music. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so I think we just do need to be aware that God calls us according to our ability level. Like, I am a college professor. There are musicians who are, uh, there are musicians who are worse than me, who don't do college professors stuff. And then there are musicians, way more musicians, who are better than me, who are conducting at the Met who are conducting professional orchestras, who have a professional choir, who, you know. So they're, like, and if I, if my dream was to conduct at the Metropolitan Opera, I would not be true to my calling. I know that that is not what God has called me to because I can't check the second box on that particular job description. I don't have what it takes. Well, and I mean, I'm, I think I'm going, I would push back gently. And also don't push back the, on that. I'm not good enough. <laughs> no, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I, I mean, mm. we've had conversations. We won't get too personal about this, but we've had conversations about this. But I, I think, though, there is also, I mean, as we, again, talking about seasons, like as, you know, maybe right now, that isn't maybe that maybe that's you skipping you skipping some steps you know maybe, <laughs> yes yes maybe maybe that is not what god has for you right now um that's not the place where you're going to be right now and i and i i mean we i think we we do see people grow into jobs you know like you uh, I mean, I think like there. I I can't think of a story right offhand, but there are plenty of um plenty of. T- I've heard people say, you know, I really didn't feel like I was qualified. Maybe I wasn't qualified, but I I mm. I, I learned how to do this job. But I learned to do the job, and I was good at yes. it. And I so I think we can grow into it. I think just again, if this is where God has you, like you said, going back to Mother Gaither, if this is where God has you. <laughs> He will equip you. He will equip you to do that, to do it. Yes. You know? Yes. Amen. Oh, Phil, I think we can call this conversation good for the time being. Maybe come back to it sometime in the future. Yeah. But we better move on to our final segments. We do. We should. We should. So, what current event would you like to talk about? Um... Whew. Maybe you. Maybe I should let you go first. Okay, I'll go first. I, may I have your permission to not actually talk about a current event, to just talk about yes. something going on in my life? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Um, 
so I've told you and I've told the, the podcast audience that I'm um, a human subject in an experimental coronavirus vaccine mm-hmm. trial. Yeah. And this past Friday, so, you know, we're recording this on a Tuesday. So what would that be? Five days ago. Um, I got the second injection of this vaccine. And golly, Phil, oh, they at least they warned me this time. The first time they didn't know what to expect. This time there was one other person who had a bad reaction. But I felt fine for a few hours afterward. But by Friday night, I was, my temperature was going up really fast. By Saturday, my temperature hovered right around 102 degrees all day long. You know, I was popping the Tylenol every four to six hours. And Mm. I was... Oh, I was I I was probably awake. I, I mean, like I was conscious mm. for probably two hours total on Saturday. Wow! I was my body was just fighting this, sleeping. I was sleeping and waking up to drink some Gatorade and take Tylenol. <laughs> Finally, it broke on Sunday morning, and I was feeling much better Sunday morning. I'm still feeling though. You know, this is Sunday morning. Finally, uh, the fever broke. My temperature went back to normal. Monday yesterday I was feeling pretty fatigued still today I'm feeling fatigued from whatever my body was doing my immune system's reaction to this vaccine so um anyway I it just makes me think about the the uh, I guess I can relate it to current events you know our political leaders are so eager for a vaccine and I do know that there are, you know, several vaccine candidates that are further along in their research than the one that they're testing on me. But I'm just like, if this is the, if this is the side effects of my vaccine, like it's gonna take them, uh, it's gonna take them longer to figure out the proper dosage and efficacy and all of that because no one is going to take two doses of a vaccine, both of which cause them to be off their feet for 24 to 48 hours right yeah no experience i mean not i mean it's it's thankfully not i mean not even thankfully but i mean it you were able like you were able to you it was during the weekend so you didn't really yes that was like that was (laughs) god right there because i had no idea this would happen when i scheduled this injection for a friday morning (laughs) Oh. oh man Anyway, so that's that's what's new in my life. Wow. So I mean, do you, so is this just a natural part of the process? Like, um, my body is producing antibodies when okay. the fever is so high. Then that is a sign that my immune system is producing antibodies mm-hmm. um, to fight off the intruder. Mm-hmm. Um, the The thing is that my the vaccine that I took is made out of a synthetic protein mm. it's not made out okay. of any form of the virus mm. um, and so it is possible that all my body is protected against is a synthetic protein <laughs> and not the actual virus and not the actual virus um, only time will tell I don't know you gotta come cough on me Phil and then we'll figure it out okay <laughs> I don't want to do that uh, I 
I I would make a joke, but I'm not. I'm a. I will say this. I live in Florida. You should come visit me. So, <laughs> just come visit you in Florida. Plenty of cases Florida. there. <laughs> well, but so, um, the my for current events, and that was a definite current event because that's that's something we're dealing with right now. But um, my current event is this article that I read over the weekend. Uh, it's called "2020 is a Great Year for the Church." Um, hmm. uh, and in the article, he basically kind of outlines that even everything we're experiencing now in 2020, even though we're just like, we, I mean, he says at one point, um, you know, if there was a unicorn, um, dressed in purple, drinking a beer, walking in San Francisco, we, we wouldn't even think twice about it in 2020. <laughs> oh, 2020. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's just 2020. Uh, but he's like, this is this is like the human this this story that we're living in has been going on for the entirety of humanity, hmm. and that the only answer is what the church has, and that's the gospel, that Jesus saves, that Jesus saves, and even as we are dealing, you know, there is that doesn't mean that 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 Jesus save is the only answer. That's the first answer. We mm-hmm. still have to be good citizens. But we start with the fact that Jesus saves. Um, and it makes me think of the, the song, uh, To the Utmost Jesus Saves. saves. I, don't, I, can't rem- I don't know who, who's the writer of that. But, um, but so that really lifted my spirits um, on, on Saturday. And just, just con- con- as we're getting closer to this election and closer to the end of 2020, mm-hmm. you know, remembering um, that Jesus saves and that with our savior whatever your calling is you can you know relying on him we can we can get through 2020 and get through whatever else we may face mm-hmm. yes amen amen phil what did you learn this week i learned that you really like the gaither singers <laughs> <laughs> my my younger self thought that was music yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you, like, those sing-alongs they do, like, some of them, like, I've listened to some of the gospel ones, they, I would definitely, you know, I would rock out to some of the gospel ones they've done, you know. Yeah, so. I, eclecticism. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Well, I'm going to end today on the absurd Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I loved that you called her Mother Gaither. I think that's amazing. Um, and then second, you know, I, I had to get my tux out today for this recording session, because video uh-huh. recording. And uh, so I had to take my tux to school. And it usually lives in this closet behind my right shoulder. Mm-hmm. And um, I was noticing on my own screen here on the Zoom how embarrassed I was that I didn't close the door <laughs> to the closet. And I, well, all my clothes are just hanging out here. But then I'm like, but look at Phil. How many pillows does he need to sleep? This is You have I'm, so many pillows there. This is Do you use them? My, let me grab my phone char- let me grab my computer charger while you while you all admire my, the pillows on my bed. But one, two, three, four. I see at least four. Decorative throw pillows. 
the well there are three so one two and three and then we'll, oh that uh, one on the that gray one isn't decorative no it's just like the it's like the pillow that we have here so there are two these two so they're oh, like so you have like four to be used pillows yes and what? three Godly. not to be used pillows that is so many pillows i I don't know what to make of that. I, I, I mean, am, I have one pillow on my bed. <laughs> and to, that's the pillow that I use. <laughs> to be, I mean, I think I would say, Adam, you know, this is the blessing of, of marriage. You know, like my, before we got married. Do you take maybe, those pillows off every single night when you go to bed? Uh, yes, but we don't sleep in this bedroom. This is our spare bedroom. Well, usually I don't sleep in oh, here. Oh, so when I come to visit, I will have to take those pillows yes. off every single night. Yes, yes, <gasps> Perfect. yes. Or, I mean, or we could just All tuck right. them well, away. Well, there's so my absurd ending to our okay. episode today. <laughs> All right. Well, dear audience, I'll say bye for now. Adios. Adios.